welcome to the latest issue of China Success, a podcast designed to showcase success stories in China, particularly here in Australia. And I'm delighted to introduce you to my old friend, Peter Osborne, um, who's actually talking to us from Taipei in Taiwan. Um, I knew Peter uh, when he was with Austrade in the early days in Hong Kong and then subsequently in Beijing. And um, he spent a lot of time helping Blackmores, which is one of Australia's biggest brands in China. I'm very keen to talk about that. But these days he's chairman Asia Pacific for Seed Health, which is an American probiotic company um, based in Taipei. Peter, welcome to China's Success. Thanks, David, and great to be here and good to, um, you know, good to be on the podcast. And as you've said, we have known each other for a long time, David, probably longer than we care to uh, tell the viewers. But yeah, a very long time, so great to be here. Thank you. And just, Peter, just to kick off, perhaps you could give us your China journey. How did you end up in China? What was the route that got you there? Yeah, thanks, David. So look, I, I started my China journey in, in a sort of very roundabout way. I was, I was actually started my career in Canberra working for the Bureau of Agricultural Economics and then by, by complete chance drifted into a role uh, working on uh, working on, to do with Taiwan within the old, uh, within Austrade. And then from there got posted to Taiwan and then subsequently from there posted to with Austrade into China. So as you've mentioned, worked in Hong Kong, Shanghai and uh, in Beijing, and then left left uh, my government position to then head up the Asia business for Blackmores back in 2009. And uh, and as you've mentioned, we can talk about it more, obviously, help build Blackmores business in Asia and particularly started to launch in China and then build that China business and then subsequently finished up with Blackmores in early 2020 and, and since that time do a lot of advisory work and consulting to Australian companies in US and some Japanese and Korean companies looking to enter the China market. So that's Peter Osborne in about a minute, David. So here we go. Well, um, thank you. And, and let's zero in, if you wouldn't mind, on Blackmores because people love talking about Blackmores. There's a great success story in China uh, for, uh, from an Australian perspective. And people often say that... Um, one of the reasons Blackmores was so successful was because they had a well-established, well-known brand in Australia before they went into Asia and particularly into China. And so it just because you've got a startup brand doesn't mean you can just quickly sell your health supplements into China. Blackmores did it by a combination of a very strong brand and obviously a fabulous idea to recruit Peter Osborne to lead their China journey. So Peter, tell us a bit about what you learned in that process and how that got started and um, some of the things that happened along the way. Yeah, thanks, David. And look, it's really, it's an interesting comment you make because Marcus Blackmore, the, you know, the, the former chairman of Blackmore's and the largest shareholder of Blackmore's, made a comment at one stage when someone in the media asked him about Blackmore's success in China. And, he's, and he, his comment was it was success 40 years in the making. Um, and that, that, of course, refers to Blackmore's having been a, a major brand in Australia and then obviously a major brand in the region for, you know, the Blackmore's entered Thailand here literally 40 years ago and had a, quite a, has a substantial business in Southeast Asia before looking at China. And I think it, it's interesting when we look at Blackmore's success in China that when, we, when I started with Blackmore's, one of the comments that was made to me in the board direction and Marcus and the board and, of course, Christine Holgate, who was the CEO, was that really... Before we could enter China, we really had to get the other Asian businesses really, really going very strongly, which we which we did. And so as part of that process, 
we took as I guess we started researching the opportunity in China literally two years before we entered that market, David. And I know in the past in a number of the symposiums and other things we've done together, the concept of you know really needing to research the markets and know what you're doing and know who you're going to partner with, etc., is really important. So we did a lot of research on the on the market before we went in there. And as you said, having a strong brand in your home market is you know is really important. It's not it's not mission critical. You can certainly go in there without that, but it certainly supports if you've got a significant presence in your home market. Um, and then I think I think probably the, the biggest the biggest decision and, and, and reason for success in the market, or one of the reasons that I think Blackmores has been highly successful in all its markets in the region, is because is a very strong focus in building building local capability and build and using local talent. So Blackmores currently has a thousand staff in Asia. And has no expats so everyone is you know it's all based around empowered local teams and i think our success in china was driven heavily by very early setting up a subsidiary company in the market and then and then building local capability on the ground because that, that people know the market and understand it much better than we will ever do um, if we're not from that from that market or and we're sitting in another country so um and, and the third point I'd make around success, I think, and in the case of Blackmores, this was very, very true, was that you really need a total company support for that market entry. So the China entry, the Asia expansion strategy for Blackmores at the time had very strong support from the chairman, from the board, from the CEO, from the executive committee of the company. And I think that's really, really important because the truth is you're going to lose money in in most markets you enter, you're going to lose money for a while before you start turning profit. So it takes, you, you know, you need to you need to be persistent and you need to be very committed to what you're going to do in that market before you enter. Uh, and I think, you know, I really credit a lot of that success for Blackmores in in Asia and particularly in China to Marcus Blackmore and Christine Holger as the chairman and the CEO at the time supporting us to to enter that market. Yes, I mean, in a way, looking back, it was like the perfect, uh, perfect timing for you because health supplements were just beginning to take off in China. Um, the Australia-China relationship was at the very peak, uh, going back to the signing of the free trade agreement, um, and everything was everything was good with the digos and the you know all all the different things that were happening. The the timing was really good, but it's interesting that you credit a lot of the success to the locals in the market who who work for you because it's quite unusual for western companies to empower locals to run their local businesses so did, did i'm sure that you had some challenges um to make that work along the way yeah for sure david and look you comment about the time you know business success in many cases is all about good timing and a fair bit of good luck and you know we, we yeah the timing was really right for us and we obviously hit the market when cross-border e-commerce so commerce open so we really rode that we really rode that wave obviously as, as many other Australian brands did across the whole range of sectors but I think I think part of that you're right around you know the challenge of employing teams overseas and managing team managing teams remotely and empowering local staff is a really big big commitment from any company to do that and in the end it's all about how do you how do you have the culture of the company you know, brought through to the staff that are on the ground in the market, and that takes a lot of it takes a lot of time and effort from the, the, the company to do that. And it also takes a really strong recruitment process to make sure the people that you're recruiting are open to those types of 
that that's that those types of constants con concepts whether that's western management principles etc in a different cultural context but it takes time and effort david like 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 everything and i think it's a matter of really being committed to that and when, when we talk about empowering local teams they need to they need to be truly empowered to make the decisions because in a market like china as you know better than anyone david it, it runs at china speed and most foreign companies don't run at china speed so if decision make if decisions aren't being taken locally you just can't move fast enough if every time you know a marketing person's got a comes up with a campaign they want to run something on go in and they want to put it up in a week's time if that has to be cleared by someone in headquarters back in Sydney or in LA or whatever, it's just generally not going to happen. So you've got to generally be willing to, to have the team power to make those decisions and then let them let them do it and also reward them for their successes and understand when there are failures because there'll be failures as well, particularly in China, that's for sure. And of course, I know you've moved on from Blackmores now after the great job that you did and um, uh, how how well is it all holding up now? Um, you know, many years later, with a changing environment, and um, you know, cross border uh, issues, you know, becoming harder. Uh, the Australia China relationship becoming harder. How how's the business going now, generally? Yeah, look, the business is still strong, David. It's still going really well. I mean, and I think I think I guess the comment I'd make. I mean, the market is the market is just tougher and more competitive than it was a few years ago. I mean, there's a lot more brand, a lot more foreign brands in the market. There's a lot of like different, you know, better, good local brands, and I think there's just there's a lot more competition. But yeah, Blackmores is still a really strong business. I can't remember what what the first half results for this year was, but it was quite strong. I think it's like still 100. Well over 150 million in gross sales or something, so it's still you know it's a big business. Um, but I, and I and I think part of that again, then there's a big team on the ground in Shanghai. They've got I think about 50 or 60 staff there, uh, and everything you know it's it's a fully local business that they're fully locally managed business that they're running there. Um, but I think it's just that issue of com competition. I think that's a, that's a broader theme, obviously, for businesses going into China, David, now is it's a highly, highly competitive market, probably the most competitive market in the world. Um, and so if you, for companies that are looking to go into China and succeed, you've got to be really, you've got to have your A game and you've got to have a, your, your, your A team on it for sure. So maybe for the benefit of people listening who are in this health supplement space and many I come across many new brands that are looking to enter the China market straight away, actually, not even looking at the domestic market. So look, why don't we try and unpack what you've really said, which was that so you need a good, strong brand that's been around for a while. If you can, you've got to build that name awareness and brand in your local market to be successful in China. You need to empower and employ and um, motivate local employees. You need your board and CEO behind you. Uh, at all times, to, so you've got solid support there. What else do you think you've learned uh, along the way that you could pass on? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you've got to obviously you've got to have a good you've got to have a really good product. I mean, you've got to have good products and you've got to have high quality products, and yeah. you've got to have sort of evidence behind those behind those products. And I think I think the other thing, David, for success, so you need to sort of constantly evolve the product set you're putting into the market, um, and that's something that that I think. And to be honest, I mean, you know, speaking quite openly, I think Blackmore's because it has a very, very strict quality regime and the processes, those process innovation processes in Blackmore's are somewhat slower than other brands. And so, Swiss, for example, which is another hot, you know, which is a highly successful brand and company in China, is has much faster innovation cycle than Blackmore's, which which is one of the reasons it's been very successful. So I think speed of 
product development, speed of product delivery um, is also really important. And I also think, I think, David, you know, this is the same in any market, whether it's your home market or China is, you know, from the board and management and, and your team is you've got to expect that you're going to have some successes and you've got to expect you're going to have some failures. And it's to have the tenacity to keep going through those challenges that I think is really important. Again, a really interesting comment Marcus Blackwell made, made, you know, we were probably, you know, we were a few years into the China business and our Asian business going really well, lots of new brands entering the market. market. And I remember an analyst, uh, investment analyst, asking Marcus once about this, saying, oh, you've got all these new brands that, you know, it's going to be taking share or whatever. And Marcus just said, come back and ask me the question in three years and see which brands are still there. And, and that's and when you when you when you look at it, it's the tenacity for a business to keep going and honestly to keep investing and keep putting the resources behind it to succeed in a market like China. You know, that that that's the truth. If you're going to build a sustainable long-term business in China or other way, you've got to be tenacious and persistent and just keep keep going through the ups and downs. I mean, even if you look at the a very current example for us at the moment, David, look, I mean Shanghai's completely shut down that's the truth you know this is the biggest financial center port one of the biggest ports in china is locked down completely so for a month nothing's going to happen much in china in shanghai whether that's registry approvals whether it's stock moving whatever so you as a business you've got to be ready for those shocks and how you manage them and just keep keep going and and support your team through those challenges as well yeah, yeah, I I call that the navigating the nine bends bridge, uh, because <laughs> you can't uh, nothing goes in straight lines. So, no. a, any um uh, any anecdotes or stories you could tell us about your your particular work in the market in China that could be useful to others um, looking to emulate the success of Blackmores? Yeah, look, I mean, I think probably a good example, David, of, of the sort of change that can happen is, you know, we, when Blackmores entered China, the mar- we were selling off, we were selling in the offline market, so we had 40 SKUs registered to sell in the offline market. We didn't, we'd been in the market for six weeks, and the regulations changed, and so they literally the borders were closed to any vitamin product that wasn't uh, potentially wasn't fish oil or even primrose oil. So we went from 40 SKUs to two, and then and. And then we started thinking about, okay, so how can we get product in the market and then cross-border open? And then we obviously rode that boom. But when I say that, that regulatory change that hit us, and I think the, the interesting anecdote out of that was just the board, the board and the board's commitment just to keep going in China because the market was there, the consumer was there. We just had to ride through those regulatory changes, deal with that, reformulate whatever we needed to do, but just keep going. But you know, you went, you went, we went from having 40 SKUs to two in uh, literally overnight. And then how do you deal with that? Um, and then, you know, how, and how, I suppose, not to panic and how to continually, continuously evolve your strategy. Because as you say, with the, the Nine Bend Bridge, I like that. Yeah, because that's the truth. You're going to keep having to, having to modify your strategy as you, uh, as you go forward. And what about now, Peter? You, you've moved on from Blackmores. What, what do you do these days? So, so these days, I you know, I advise a, a, quite a number of different companies, David, across a range of sectors. Still, quite a few in the health and wellbeing space, uh, food space, and skincare, etc. About entering China, and I've helped I've helped probably six brands launch in China in the last eighteen months, which is which is pretty interesting, given it's had COVID and everything else. And and so I think 
there's still a strong commitment from foreign companies and particularly Aussie companies to enter the market and that they see a good opportunity there. You know, consumers are still interested in, in foreign products and particularly interested in Australian products, despite what might be happening at a political level, bilateral political level. You know, I think generally consumer to consumer, there's a lot of interest there. So I've continued to support companies to, you know, assess the market opportunity, look at it and launch, look, look and launch in there and taking some of those themes from the successes of Blackmore's, you know, to support other brands to enter the market. And I think the only, only sort of comment I'd make about this last two years, David, is I think, I think um, you know, the cost of doing business there has probably just gone up. I mean, I think there's more, because it's more competitive, you need to spend more on, whether it's on the platforms or on advertising or uh, you, your staff, et cetera. So the costs have gone up a bit. So harking back to one of those great expressions, which I think you and I have probably used for a couple of decades, David, about China, you know, halve your expectations, double your time and budget. I've now changed that to probably halve your expectations, double your time and triple your budget if you've got a consumer brand. So yeah, that's what I, that's one of my learnings. Yeah, no, good, good point. I certainly remember you mentioning that a long time ago. Um, so now looking back over your career and your journey into China, bearing in mind that lots of young Australian Chinese, Australians and Australian Chinese are all sort of wanting to follow in your footsteps. What could you say to them about what you've learned uh, what you know what you think you, you could uh, might might have done differently um what what you could pass on to the next generation uh, to help them get started sure look I, I think i think the first thing i'd say is i think china china will remain an exceptional market for for foreign brands and for australian brands you know for the for, for quite some time to come yet so i think you know that there's a significant opportunity there for australian companies I think, as I've mentioned before, I think probably the learning is just you, you need to you need to really understand what you're getting in in for. What's the market? Understand your consumer. Be willing to move and change and evolve very very rapidly, and you and to be continue to be very persistent and tenacious in driving that in driving that forward. And really and really tr trust you know put people on the ground. Even if it's only just one person, you put someone in Shanghai or whatever, and you and trust their judgment and trust their insights and and uh, you know their connection to the market uh, and, and and you know adopt your strategy adopt your strategy from that and i think i think the other thing i'd probably say is you know sort of be be bold and courageous about doing things in overseas markets and particularly in a market like china and you know and and, and if you if you make a mistake or you you fail and something goes wrong that's okay just learn from it and you know keep keep going you know, keep keep going and, and believe in what you think is possible and uh, and uh, and as I say I think the really critical part as I keep repeating myself is just to to understand the market and rely on people in the market to help you to understand it because you, you, you can't understand the market remotely you need that constant dialogue with people who are there good well that's a great place to finish i think peter thank you very much for being on the china success podcast um, and we look forward to continuing to talk to you and tapping into your knowledge thank you david and look and all the best for the for the podcast and i think it's really awesome what you do with the china success and the podcast because i think it's a great contribution to the bilateral relationship and to helping people to better understand china so good luck and great pleasure to be on thank you and uh, thanks to all of you for joining us on this issue of China's success, look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.